Happy New Year, and thank you again for tuning in to another edition of the Wenatchee Apple Sox podcast. I'm Joel Norman, and it is the new year, so that means baseball is coming up right around the corner. At this point, we are just under six months away from the start of the Apple Sox new season, and boy, that's a lot of time to fill before it gets warm out once again, and we're ready to roll out the balls and play ball once again. Apple Sox home opener and season opener is coming up on May 31st as Wenatchee takes on the Port Angeles Lefties at Paul Thomas Senior Stadium. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that season tickets are available right now, and you can purchase those right now on applesox.com or by calling 509-665-6900. You can also actually stop by the team office on 610 North Mission Street. So the Apple Sox getting ready to prepare for the season and continuing to assemble the roster. And now the entire coaching staff is assembled for this 2024 season. We're going to hear from the new assistant joining the Apple Sox, who's a familiar face to a lot of those, a lot of you fans from that season. But first, we're going to hear from the head coach of the Apple Sox, Mitch Darlington, as he officially tells you who that man is who's going to be joining him and Mike Callia in the dugout in 2024 when the season begins. I am very excited to uh, announce that we have hired Xander Orahudos as our uh, assistant coach. Xander will serve uh, as our first base coach. He'll help with hitters, help with infielders, um, and he'll bring some really good perspective as you know he just finished up his playing career at Jamestown. And so I, I'm just really excited to have Xander on this staff. I think his youth, his energy, um, and, and just the way that me and him kind of connected as a player-coach relationship, I'm excited to see how that'll uh, transform into uh, you know b- both of us being coaches. So, man, I, I'm just really excited to bring him back to Wenatchee. You know, obviously Xander played for us in 2022. Originally, Xander was supposed to be a 10-day contract. Um, we had a dropout last minute, and um, you know it all it all works out how it's supposed to in the end. Uh, Xander ended up being a huge key to our success uh, in the summer of 2022. Kind of became our everyday DH towards the end of the summer um, as we kind of made our playoff run. Uh, his bat just got hot; couldn't keep him out of the lineup. You know, and he he's just a good player, man. And you know. Uh, obviously that summer we had Joichiro Oyama, so it was tough for him to get a lot of time at second base. But, you know, it seemed like no matter what, he, he was always able to bring a, bring his bat into the lineup and, and produce. So really excited to see him work with our hitters. You know, now he's an assistant coach at the uh, University of Jamestown, and, and, and I think he is going to really develop into a good young coach. Um, so this is just this is just a good... Uh, Step for Xander. I think he's going to fit right in with the kind of the culture that we're creating in Wenatchee and, and the way we run things. And yeah, just, just couldn't be happier to announce that uh, we're going to hire him. So it's Xander Orohudos who will be joining the Apple Sox, a guy who played for the team back in the 2022 summer and was such a big part of that team from start to finish. We're going to chat with him in just a moment, but just to go through his numbers from his baseball career and that summer. That year with the Apple Sox, he was with the team from start to finish. A guy who came in early on, and Coach Darlington has said it before, he was one of the best 10-day contracts the Apple Sox have ever had. A guy who was signed as a 10-day contract and then elevated to a full-season contract shortly after the season began because of some injuries on the Apple Sox and a few dropouts of the roster. And boy, did that work out. Orahudos hit 317 in 37 regular season games. Also had a personal best eight-game hitting streak. 
from July 28th to August 5th, so playing his best baseball down the stretch. He followed that up with a really good postseason as he had hits in all three games, including a pair of multi-hit games and a division series sweep of the Kamloops Northpaws to open up the 2022 West Coast League playoffs. So Orahudos, a guy who's well-traveled in his collegiate career, and you'll hear us talk about that in, in quite a little bit, but a guy who he began his college career at Columbia Basin, not too far away, of course, and he really did well there and got himself a Division I uh, scholarship opportunity because of that, hitting 356 and 46 games in 2018. All he did in 2019 was hit 358 in 28 games that season. And originally, he was set to play for the Apple Sox in 2019, but an injury that would unfortunately plague him the next two years prevented him from playing with the Sox in 2019 and have to opt out of his contract that he had initially signed. Orohudos went to Georgia Gwinnett, but as I mentioned, he did not play in 2020 or 2021. So despite the couple of years missed, he retained his eligibility as a junior and then played in the spring of 2022, but this time over at Jamestown College and now University of Jamestown in North Dakota. And he had a really good season, hitting 276 in 44 games but then came to play for the Apple Sox in the West Coast League at last in the spring of 2022. And as I mentioned, a great year for him with that 317 mark in 37 games. And then finished his college career on a very high note, a 325 mark in 46 games last spring. So a, a good work for him. And then after graduating, of course, he didn't get an opportunity to play because he was graduated and he no longer had eligibility but Orohudos immediately was able to get a good coaching opportunity and got to stick around with Jamestown, who they began play this past fall, continue their season this spring, and he's an assistant with them. So it's a neat opportunity, a student assistant coach, but he's getting the opportunity to coach, coach first base with the Jimmies. So kind of neat to see him get that opportunity, and he will be in that same role with the Apple Sox as the first base coach. He's going to work with infielders and assistant hitting and be the other assistant on Coach Darlington's staff. So without further ado, here's the chat that I had with Xander Orohudos, who we're happy to welcome back to the Apple Sox family. And now we're joined by the newest assistant coach for the Wenatchee Apple Sox here for the 2024 season. We, we brought it up before, but this is a, a name who's going to be a familiar one for Apple Sox fans, at least in the last few seasons. Xander Orohudos joining us for the new campaign, a guy who played for the Apple Sox two seasons ago, Xander, what's been life like for you ever since then? You played for the Apple Sox the summer of 2022, and you know I think a lot of times our fans wonder what happens to guys once they leave Wenatchee. Uh, quite a bit for you these last couple of years. Yeah, so after playing with Wenatchee, um, I finished my my last year playing baseball at uh, at University of Jamestown, and then after the season, um, coach had asked me. Coach uh, Tom Haggard asked me to come back and coach, so I accepted his offer, and I've been coaching with him and the other guys uh, for about five, six months now. And now I'm home on break, so I got to see my family and spend New Year's and Christmas with them, so that was good. But, yeah, I head back Monday, and I'm ready to get after it. Absolutely. What's this mean to you to get this opportunity to rejoin the Apple Sox? This was something that was agreed upon back in the fall, but kind of waited to reveal this news for the new year. What, what does this mean to be back with the Apple Sox and back with Coach Darlington? Yeah, it means a lot. Um, 
coach uh, coach Charlington meshes me and I mean he gave me a couple of days to think about it so I didn't have to answer right away but in my mind it was kind of just a, a yes you know I talked to my family and I talked to coach Hager here at Jamestown and it just kind of seemed right you know so and yeah I'm excited to get back to the facility see uh Paul Thomas and um yeah just see Mitch and all, all the boys what excites you the most about this chance? Is it maybe getting back somewhere familiar in a way, or is it this chance to work with uh, some guys a little bit more at a pretty young part of your coaching career? Um, Yeah, a little bit of everything. Like like I said, when I was playing, uh, it's nice to be close to home. Um, but now I get to do it in a, a different way. Um, I think coaching a different group of guys whenever you can is really good because they can help you grow as a coach. So I think that's my most exciting part is I get to learn thing, new things from other players. You know what's funny about this? I thought when we hired you was I thought, well, we're going to have to do a podcast episode. And we just had you on about this time last year, reminiscing on the 2022 season. So we're not going to get into that. We encourage anyone to go look back and find that one if so. But it's still really they might cool. get tired. They might get tired of me. <laughs> no, I, I don't think so. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun this summer too. And I, I mean, but talking real briefly about that though, from the 2022 season, what was, you know, what about it left such a good impression for you to maybe, you know, even make this a possibility, a chance to return later? Uh, Definitely Mitch. Mitch was a big part of it and the culture and just seeing a bunch of guys go back and play for another year, like Quincy and just a couple other guys, but it, it was, it's just, I saw him post um, a hashtag on Instagram or, or social media, and it said, once a sock, always a sock. And I kind of felt that. So I feel like that the culture part is is really big for me. How cool is it playing for the Apple Sox being from Ellensburg? I mean, right there, I know your family came up a lot too, and I imagine they're going to come up a lot again this summer. Uh, how cool was that a few summers ago? It was really cool. Yeah, my, my youngest two siblings – they actually got to watch me play, and now they're going to be able to watch me coach. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool. I, I, I'm i a big family guy, so. I don't know how familiar you were with it from your summer, but the the first base coach has a little bit of a tradition at Apple Sox games. They always get a big uh, round of applause from Section A. Are, are you looking – Are were you aware of that already? Are you looking forward to that? Are you going to do a little bit maybe to, to try and uh, – you know, pump yourself up to them, you know, to get that extra round of applause when you run out to first this coming summer? Yeah, I mean, we might have to do some uh, pre-runs before the season starts with you guys out there in the stands, <laughs> copping out to get my jitters out. Yeah, it was, it's such a cool tradition that goes back a, a little over a decade now at this point, so it's kind of neat the way that's continued. But as I mentioned, you're going to be coaching first base. Uh, Coach Darlington has said you're also going to work with infielders, kind of assist in the hitting strategy as well. Uh, talk to me a little bit about what he's told you, what, what this job's going to entail, and you know what are some of the aspects you're looking forward to the most? To be honest, we, we haven't talked too much. Um, we've messaged back and forth about rosters and if there's more, if there's more uh, available spots and stuff like that, but we, we honestly haven't talked too much about that. Um, I would assume here soon that we would get in touch and, and talk about more details and stuff, but I'm just excited to be around it all, you know? 
What was your favorite thing about Mitch as a coach? Because that was his first year with the Apple Sox. He, he had coached a little bit of summer ball. Obviously, you know, that was the Cascade Collegiate League, a little different compared to the WCL. What was something about his coaching style you loved the most as a player that now you're looking forward to being kind of part of that culture you talked about before? I think my favorite part about Mitch was he was a genuine person, you know, and he wanted to win. He was competitive, but also he let you be you like as a player. He didn't try to he tried to cater into your strengths and who can help us right now. And it, it's more of a team game. Like, that's what I like about Mitch is he's trying to use everyone, but he's also trying to win and. You talked a little bit about uh, some of the recruiting, like you've kind of been part of that. Uh, what's that been like from this advantage? Is that something you've done at all with Jamestown being part of that? I, I imagine a little bit, but getting to do with this with the Apple Songs on a much smaller staff has to be kind of a cool, fun thing to do. Yeah, it is fun. I mean, I think my favorite part about that is having like having faith in a player and saying like that I want you to come in and I have faith that you you can help us and. And I think that's my favorite part. You worked, you played under a pretty young assistant with the Apple Sox in uh, Marcus Light. The coaching staff the whole year that you were with the team was really young in general. But I mean, Marcus Light at the time was a guy right out of college. And he had such a great impact, I know, on the team as a whole as the hitting coach. Uh, obviously, you know, he's got Lido's lab going right now in Eugene. That's been very popular explain what that was like and also maybe how that could influence you now that you're a pretty, you know, recent graduate who has turned into a coach as well. I think, I mean, th that's a big role, especially after him, that's a big role to fill. So kudos to him. But I think the biggest thing I got from him was just consistently being there for the guys and, and bringing energy, whether he had the energy or not, he always brought the energy. Like he was always positive. He was always there when someone had a question. He was always there throwing BP before. So I think that's kind of what I took from him is just be present, like be there for the boys. Like that's your job, you know? What was the biggest piece of uh, maybe mechanical advice he gave you as a hitter that was like, wow, that, that was pretty good. I, I didn't really think of it that way. Ooh. Um. I'm a front I was a front foot hitter and I think that he kind of balanced me out a lot so I wouldn't say like changed my point of view but he kind of helps me become a better hitter by just realizing like I can sit back more and still be a front foot hitter at the same time like I can still hunt pitches but have my weight distributed more evenly rather than on my front foot Explain that to a fan who might not be as familiar with the terminology as, as we are there. When you're saying a front foot hitter, what does that entail? That you know, explain that to the layperson. Um. So my I I always had more weight on my front foot as I was striding, which that's not the best thing, but for me it worked, and I always tried to feel like I was attacking the ball. Like the ball wasn't coming to me, I was attacking the ball, and coach. Coach Lydon was kind of the opposite, you know. He's like, let the ball get to a spot, and then you explode on it. So I tried to get a little mix of that. And he's a really big field guy too. So depending on how you're feeling, that's how he's gonna cater to you, give you drills on on based on how you're feeling and how you're doing that day. So I think that's the biggest thing is 
balancing people out, not changing them. You know, if they're if they're too much one way, then maybe balance them the other way. But don't change, don't completely change a player. I wanted to ask you about one of your teammates at Jamestown from last year, a guy who you're going to be coaching a little bit now, uh, Trey Huff. He pitched for the Apple Sox a lot down the stretch. He said he had heard great stuff from you just about playing for the team, and then he sounded like he had a great summer himself, and he was a big part of the team down the stretch. When you saw him again this fall back at Jamestown, what did you have to say about his time in, in Wenatchee? Um, he said he loved it. Yeah. He, I remember he came up to me and said, uh, it, it was a great summer and I, I could just see the smile on his face and yeah, he loved it. He, he mentioned a couple of the boys names that he knew I knew and was telling me a couple stories, but yeah, he had a good time and that was a success. I'm wondering if he told you the story. I think it was the last game of the regular season. He got an at bat and drew a walk in it. Uh, did he tell you about that one from the last game against Kelowna? I don't think he told me that, no. <laughs> I thought he no. might because you know how pitchers are when they get a chance to hit and hitters yeah. a chance and they get a pitch. So I'm surprised he didn't in a way. But, yeah, he had a walk in the final game of the regular season because you know how it is down the stretch. You've got to make sure every player gets enough appearances to be eligible for the playoffs. And he yeah. got a walk, and I couldn't believe it because I think he was batting second in the order. So it's like you're coming up early in the game. I think there was one out, no one on. He gets pinch ran for immediately, but then the run comes around to score. So, but I remember the dugout was having a ton of fun with that because it was it was that last game of the season. Everything was pretty much determined, but it, I you know I'm sure he took a lot of pride in that. But uh, <laughs> what was what was maybe something he said that kind of matched up with your experience? Like you heard a certain line, and you're like, "Yep, yep, that's that's the Apple Sox." Not necessarily, not necessarily the Apple Sox, but maybe a. Um a boy, uh, a player from the Apple Sox. Okay. He said, hey, do you know Evan Canfield? And I said, yes, I do. And he goes, that dude is a clown. <laughs> <laughs> and that just it brought up so many memories from that summer I played and with them. So that kind of resonated. I was like, yeah, that he is a clown. And it just reminded me of Apple Sox baseball. I'll ask you this question. Uh, I asked our pitching coach, Mike Callia, who obviously you didn't work with in 2022, but was with the team this past summer, back again for year two this year. I asked him recently, what was something that, what was your favorite Evan Canfield story? Let me ask you the same. Recalling the 2022 season, what was your favorite Evan Canfield story? Something funny that he did. This, I don't know if, I don't know if I can pull up a, a specific story. But just on the daily, that guy was a clown, you know. That that guy got so more chirps than anyone on the on the field, but he would smile more than anyone else on the field too. So he's just you you can tell that he's a fan favorite. And he backed up with his play too. You know, that's the funny it's yeah. one thing if a guy's a clown, it's another the guy's going in and he's also, you know, having a really good seat summer too. Yeah, a hundred percent. Let me talk to you about your roommate from that summer, CJ Horn. I know last year when we talked, you guys said you were still keeping in touch a little bit. Uh, is that still the case? You still text him every once in a while? I know he's back down in Texas now, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, we, we message every once in a while. Um, actually, last time I talked to him, he said that he might make a trip up to Washington. So hopefully that we'll, we'll get to see him around the, the park. Hopefully he gets a trip down there. And we should get him to come out and do a first pitch. You'd have to catch it, though, if he did come all the way up, though, you know. <laughs> I remember I did the first pitch, and I spiked it, or I threw it to the backstop. I can't remember. 
Yeah, I re I remember that it was fairly early in the season, wasn't it? It was in June, wasn't it? Yeah. What was that like coming back in a situation where you're a former player? Was that a little bit weird? That day was I was a little rushed that day driving from Ellensburg, so I was dealing with that. But also, yeah, it was kind of surreal just seeing seeing uh, walking into the park and seeing familiar faces and seeing all the fans out there, and yeah, it was it was surreal. I remember that day. It was kind of funny. I remember you were running late, and I think I texted Mitch. It was getting close to when you know he's not going to be on his phone anymore. I was just like, "Hey, is, is Xander coming? Like, you were the one who kind of orchestrated this. Like, is he on his way?" And he's like, "He better be." I he said he would. <laughs> so I remember you did yeah. get there. You looked like you had just kind of run right into the ballpark, but that that had certainly yeah. worked out. What was what was your favorite thing with the Apple Sox about playing at Paul Thomas Senior Stadium? Because I think it's one of those places that maybe sometimes in the moment we see some guys go, okay, yeah, it's not this isn't Goss Stadium where Corvallis plays. This isn't, you know, Remax Field where Edmonton plays, but it's one of those parks. I think it's got that good old time feeling charm to it. And yeah, there's a lot of positives. I think people once they leave. You hear them say a lot of times, boy, I forgot how much I like playing at that park. What was your favorite thing about playing at Paul Thomas Senior Stadium? You almost felt like you were kind of sitting like right next to the fans. It wasn't like the fans are like behind you or uh, above you. Like the fans were like right next to you. That's why that's what I liked about it. Have you ever had a park where the fans were closer than they were at Paul Thomas? Because for me, I, I can't think of anything, maybe maybe a little league, but like at a college level, have you ever had anything like that? I don't think so, no. We're literally right – you sit, you look outside of the dugout and there's people right there. So, Give me a good chirp you heard from fans, home, road, uh, from that summer, something that someone yelled out. I'm in hockey season, so I'm in that mindset of the chirps and stuff, but – uh, oh, give, yeah. me, give me something maybe you heard. Maybe it was at home that, that someone said to an opponent or an umpire. Give me the best one you heard. <laughs> I think uh, this kind of relates to hockey, but I think we were in uh, Kelowna. Or no, no, not Kelowna. To Kamloops, maybe? Kamloops, Kamloops. Kamloops. Yeah. And the, they're loud there. But I heard I heard this group of people screaming. And after they got done screaming, we're like, they, they said, we're just hockey fans and we like to yell. And I was like, this is Canada for sure. That was such a fun place to play. And we went up there this year and same thing. We, you know, we beat them in their games, but they were still pretty into, it was tough the one day cause it was a double header. So it was like, you know, yeah. half the crowd gets in later mostly, but I just loved when we went up there for that playoff game in 2022. And you remember that day. I mean, the bus arrived a little bit later, so we didn't, you guys didn't hit BP. It was the no. definition of show and go, yet we scored 10 runs and win. And our, and our starter, Connor Ashworth, takes a no-hitter into the sixth. Just the way you drew it up. But I, I remember that crowd was going even when they were down nine runs late, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they were They were still yelling the whole time. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit now. Let's shift things up from kind of talking about some of your experience with the Apple Sox. We did this last year. We talked a little bit about your journey as a ball player. But – and just for those who aren't familiar, of course, you started off at Columbia Basin College, two years there, transferred to Georgia Gwinnett, a mix of the, the COVID year and injuries allows for you to unfortunately not play there for a couple of seasons. But then you get back in it, you play in 2022 and 2023 at Jamestown. 
So you spend time at three different colleges over a span of six years. Now, when that first started, where you got those extra years of eligibility, that wasn't exactly the norm the way it is now. But so I guess it's not as much of a unique circumstance. I mean, I was watching the college football playoff the other day and the semifinals and you're hearing guys, they say he's a sixth year senior. Well, you set that standard, I should say, Xander. You were the beginning of that wave of people. But tell me how that's something that you think can really benefit you as a coach, both with Jamestown and with the Apple Sox in the summer. Well, I feel like I just got to be a little bit older player, which helped me lead, like, younger guys on the field. I, I feel like now I kind of have a better understanding of what these younger guys are coming in, like – because I was one, but you don't really think about it as a younger player, you know. But being an older player, seeing younger players come in, then you really get to understand them a little bit more. Yeah. When did you know you wanted to be a coach? Was there a point as a player, or was it kind of you got wrapped up at Jamestown and, like you said, you got the offer and you thought, you know what, that's a good fit right now? Yeah, honestly, that was more of it. I I'd never really wanted to be a coach, and – now I, I do want to be a coach. <laughs> like I do I completely want to be a coach. Maybe not full time, but I always want to be around the game. Um sorry. Dogs <laughs> in the way. Um but yeah, now I'm I'm a hundred percent in, whether it be part time or full time. Um I wanna be around the baseball. I wanna be about around baseball. It's a limited time that you've kind of spent coaching. I know the fall ball is so important to kind of, especially at the college level, really shaping the program for what you're going to be in the spring, building those habits right now. What's something you've learned about coaching even before the first official games have begun? That's been something that, wow, beforehand, I never would have thought of that. Uh, there's a lot of time that goes into it. <laughs> well, like the coaches are there before and they're there after. So there is a lot of time and you think as a player that you're putting in a lot of time, but as a coach, you're putting in a lot of time as well. Even more. Wow. <laughs> Tell me about what your fall was like at Jamestown that first year coach. I mean, did you guys have, I know a lot of colleges love to do some, their own, like their own world series. They call them the tournaments within uh, where you guys are scrimmaging each other a lot. What was the fall like for you guys, how you got ready for this coming season? So in Jamestown, since uh, the weather's, pretty bad we actually get to play games that count um in the fall so okay. we played eight games eight games that actually counted um so we're trying to get game ready as soon as possible as soon as we get there um and then we take a little bit longer winter because we don't have eight games in the spring that other teams would so we'll take a little bit longer in the winter and in the early spring but i don't know i wasn't expecting to coach first base um like, I, I'm the new guy, you know, so, so I wasn't expecting to do that, especially with, like, eight, nine guys on, on staff, seven guys on staff. I you, so you're coaching to... first base there, though, despite that? I Yeah, I, well, it was it was almost a joke the first game. They're like, all right, well, um, we drew straws and you're coaching first. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I wasn't even there to draw straws. So I was like, all right. <laughs> And then we just kept – we went 8-0, so they're like, well, we won, so you're uh, – you got to go back out there. And it kind of just stuck. I, I, I started loving it, and I don't know. I, I was passionate about it. I'm sure those other guys are too, though. What do you do as a first-base coach? What are something that you do – I think 
the general fan looks at first and third base coaches and they go, well, it's pretty clear the third base one is usually the shot caller for what goes on the base paths. But the first base coach is extremely important for getting him around to third base. What yeah. what do you do as a first base coach? Um, I, I tell the boys a lot out there. I just said, listen to my voice. You know, I don't want you looking at me too much. I want you to watch what's happening, but just listen for my voice because it's just an extra set of eyes out there. You know, I, I'm not going to try to run you into something, but if I see you something and I, I know which players out there, either fast or slow, then I can, they can trust me enough and I can trust them enough to get there. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a mutual thing. So let me give you a scenario. It, it, your leadoff hitter gets on, let's say he walks or something to start a game, top of the first inning, and he comes over to you. What, what's something you're telling him pretty early on with, you know, it's the beginning of the game, you're trying to set a tone? Um. Well, anytime there's a walk, I say the same thing to every player. So my saying is real mature, like good, good mature at bat. But I, I say it like in a, I don't know, I say it in like a funny way, like real mature of you. But I say that just to keep them light, but at the same time for them to understand like good at bat, like we need, like we needed that good at bat. I see you working in, in the box and stuff. So I try to keep it light, but at the same time, like have it be informational and positive for them. It seems like for me, just from talking to different coaches over the years, the biggest thing they focus on is kind of that kind of what you're talking about right there is that positive reinforcement. Like you get on base, it's kind of like, Here's your pat on the back. Let's keep it going now. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Like, you don't want to praise them too much, but you also want them to realize, like, we're watching. We see them working, you know? Like, it doesn't go unnoticed. Yeah. Have you picked up any things, like, that you have to have with you maybe while you're over first? Like, I remember talking to Marcus a couple years ago when he was first base coach and hitting coach with the Apple Sox, and he would say – He's like new candy every game. You know, I'll give the guys some candy. I've got the candy for myself. He's like, you know, you change it up each time. Is there anything that you have to have when you're over at first base or you're you're there and you're like, oh, I'm, I can't do this right now? <laughs> um, I don't think I've found that for myself yet. I think just a, a normal like stopwatch, but most coaches have that. But yeah, I don't think I've found that for myself yet. I think I'll probably find one, but at this point I haven't. I want to go back before you were talking about the schedule with uh, with Jamestown, how you guys had the games in the fall and those counted. I was confused because I looked at your schedule and I saw September. It starts on the 14th and it ends the 30th. And there's games. And like you said, you won all eight of those. I remember seeing that initially and I thought, OK, this they must just be counting the fall ball record they put in there right now. But it's interesting that that's the case uh, with getting that ready. But it got me thinking, Xander, in a way, with guys getting on campus so quickly – and you playing so quickly as well, you really have to get ready to go immediately. The moment you see those guys, and in a way, that's going to kind of prepare you pretty well for the summer because you know this as a player. You show up, yeah. it, it's a couple of days of practices, and then it's game on until mid-August. So I would imagine yeah. that would really benefit you this summer. Yeah, no, 100%. I think as a player, it really benefits you to be ready whenever. And as a coach, kind of benefits you as – just you gotta you gotta analyze guys quickly you gotta see who can do what you gotta you know what i mean you gotta know your players pretty pretty quick and it's kind of nice in a way that you get the games immediately to get them in those game situations but at the same time i imagine you guys as a staff had to be like 
boy, you know, like we probably needed another week to work on our signs to make sure everyone had them down. What's something that you took from from doing this now from the fall that you're going to take into the summer where like, you know, everyone shows up day one with the apple saw. Can you go, wait a second. I know from this past fall, I've got to do this to make sure that my guys are ready to go on May 31st. I think communication's big because you can have the best athletes in the world, but if they all, all are trying to catch the ball, then it's not going to work. So I think communication is big. I, when I'm hitting ground balls, I, I make, our players talk. I tell them to talk. Um, I'll tell them to do it again. If you don't talk, you know, just little stuff like that. I think that the better they know each other, the better they can anticipate what each other's going to do. Then the smoother it's going to look, the, the better, the more outs you're going to get. Like, I think it's just better all around. You played infield primarily, of course. And, in college, is it easier for you to talk to other infielders or as a coach, as you, have you found maybe it doesn't really make a difference too much what the position is, so to speak? Yeah, I don't think it matters the position. I, I've, I mean, enough coaches have watched enough baseball players to what looks right, what doesn't look right, what what should you feel in, in some areas and stuff. So I, I don't think it matters as much. I think maybe the trust, trust part matters because, like, oh, you're an infield coach or, or that part might matter. But I don't think for the most part, like, I'm not going to overstep boundaries. I'm not going to start coaching catchers, you know? like. Yeah. You've got a decent-sized coaching staff with Jamestown. You said what, you're one of, what, seven members of it, I think? Yeah, seven, eight. Yeah. How much are you looking forward to – and it's not in a bad way, of course, but how much are you looking forward to once you go to the Apple Sox? It's you, Mitch, and Mike, and that's it. Because in a way, you've got a lot more control and a lot more room to do a little bit more as an assistant. Yeah, I think that's going to help me grow a lot. Is I'm I'm going to have more responsibility, um, and I'm probably going to be in charge of a lot more guys than I'm in charge of now. So I think, and it's going to be every day. It's going to be every day game mode. You know what I mean? So I think I'm going to grow a lot this summer as a coach. I think we touched on it a little bit earlier, but have there been many guys who you were with that summer who maybe they've heard about this either from you or something else? I mean, obviously we're putting it out there now, but has anyone, you know, who's found out, reached out and been like, hey, that's that's kind of neat that worked out that way? Um, I talked to – I've talked to Joe about it. Joe said, like, congrats and stuff. I've talked to um, CJ about it, Marcus about it um family of course people mm -hmm. people from back home who know um yeah it's it's been nice getting those those uh congratulations and stuff like that yeah absolutely when you were with the apple Sox in 2022 you guys came a game short of going to the championship how much is that going to be something you think about this year i think i mean i don't know how much you're able to keep up with last year but a really good team somehow 10 games better than a year before, but finishes around earlier. I know Mitch is that's that's the goal. It's pretty obvious that someone's been talked about. Mike, same way. They they want to win this year. How much is yeah. you having gone through that as a player and now coming and joining a really hungry staff gonna think you fuel you and anyone else who's returning to this team from this coming summer? I mean, a hundred percent. Um, that is my goal as well. You know, we all we all want to win and that's why we play. Um I think that 
that will be in my head the whole time, but I don't think that it'll, it'll change my mindset of still taking it day by day. You know, you got to win the day that you're in. So that's, that's kind of my mindset, but it's definitely, definitely in my mind. I definitely want to get to that last game. You've seen the schedule to this point. What was, uh, was it games against Yakima? Maybe you highlighted, were there other ones that you looked at and you thought, okay, those, those are some big ones coming up this summer. I really like, I didn't get to go to Edmonton. So I really am excited to kind of go to Edmonton. Um, are we not? Are we not doing that? No, that's right. I was just remembering. Yeah, that you didn't get oh, yeah, go yeah. a couple summers ago. Yeah, we go there July twenty sixth through twenty eighth. So, yeah. So, um, I didn't get to do that. Um, so I'm excited for that. And then also Victoria, I didn't get to go to, but I heard those were two good trips. Um, and I'm excited for that. And then obviously, yeah, Yakima, Walla Walla. I played around uh, Columbia Basin, so Walla Walla was close and. Yeah, it was it was interesting because that summer when you played for the Apple Sox, they played Victoria and Edmonton. You missed that week, but took two or three in Victoria, took two or three in Edmonton, and some really good baseball games there. Last summer, of course, mm-hmm. a little tougher with Victoria. They beat they swept us in July, and then beat us in the postseason to end the season. But the trip to Edmonton last year was nuts because we went there and we played on Canada Day, so it was absolutely oh. packed and. That was, and even though it rained, it was that didn't affect the crowd at all. I, I imagine you heard some pretty cool stories from guys about playing at Edmonton. Yeah, yeah, I heard it was packed. Yeah, <laughs> it helps when you play at a AAA <laughs> ballpark in a lot of ways. But no, that was that was certainly a really cool one. But uh, what, what's what's something you're thinking about? You know, that first game you come and you coach it at Paul Thomas. You know, it's going to be May thirty first. Is that something that maybe you thought about it all since then? And go, wow, you know, that's going to be a really special game that it's the season opener it's at home. Like we said before, probably going to have some, some family and friends at that one. And, you know, there's always some jitters a little bit with opening day. Is that something you thought about at all? That, that first game on May 31st? Uh, yeah. Um, I don't think I have too much, too much jitters, but I have thought about it. I think having the eight countable games for Jamestown this, this fall kind of helped me get over the jitter part, but, yeah, I'm excited for that that day. That I, I'm excited to see Mitch again. I'm excited to meet um, Coach Mike. So I'm excited to meet all the guys and just be back. What can we expect from the uh, the coaching attire for you? I imagine we're not going to see you wearing a jersey anymore. Is it? Are you or are you one of those guys? Because I'm a big believer. I think if you're a coach, you should absolutely wear the jersey. Uh, Mitch and Mike have not agreed with me though. <laughs> I yeah I don't wear a jersey in Jamestown. We wear pullovers, but I don't know. Maybe if there's an extra jersey laying around, I might have to throw it on one day. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the Apple Sox coaching staff long before I was there, they used to always wear jerseys for a really long time. So I've always, I told Mitch, I said we got to bring that back one of these years, and he said, you know, you're not you're not going to catch me wearing one, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, Xander, it's been a lot of fun chatting. Like, like we said, you know, we recapped a lot about your time with the Apple Sox before on the previous podcast, but looking forward to making some more memories once you're with this team again here this year. Thank you for the time and best of luck. I know this is the uh, resumption, I should say, of your season at Jamestown is coming up here real soon. Yeah, I appreciate that, Joel. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Wenatchee Apple Sox podcast. 
please subscribe to it if you do not already so that you can get the latest updates on new episodes. Make sure to check out applesonics.com as well as our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram accounts for the latest news on the team this offseason. Wenatchee Apple Sox Baseball, celebrating summer one inning at a time.